0: So I've been hanging out with my family a lot lately, right? And what I realized is that when Latinos get drunk, their favorite topic is to talk about ghosts and shit. Motherfuckers always want to be like, oh my God, there's a presence. I can feel it. I can feel it. I can feel it. My man, (laughs) that ain't no presence. That's anxiety.
1: Hello and what's up, world? I'm your host, Kareem Rahma, and you're listening to You People, a conversational podcast series sharing real stories from the diverse voices shaping modern America today. We are recording in New York City with Listening Party inside Canal Street Radio. You People is produced by Hyphen Media, an entertainment company focused on telling colorful stories. Please follow us on Instagram at Hyphen Media and at youpeople.podcast. Today's guest is. Unbelievably funny and talented. I'm honestly a bit concerned about how we're going to keep this thing on track. <laughs> See, it's already happening. D Nasty is a Latina American comedian, actress, host, and hood philosopher. There
0: you go.
1: She just starred in the short film De Lo Mio, which was written and directed by Diana Peralta. The film recently premiered at BAM Film Festival and was also selected to screen at the Los Angeles International Film Festival. I'm so, 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 so happy to have you here, Dee. Thank you for coming. How is your day today?
0: Yes, thank you for having me as well. My day is awesome. My day has been pretty good. I just got off of work. I uh, did some production shit today and um, I'm here. I'm in a good mood. I'm did you have? to be here. Did
1: you have any problem with the rain?
0: No, no problems. I don't have an umbrella, but it was just a light drizzle by the time I got out of the train. And you don't so.
1: mind a light drizzle?
0: No, it's all right. It's chill. It's cool.
1: Light drizzle weather makes me feel a little depressed, but it also makes me feel a little bit happy because then I know that I don't have to do as much.
0: Exactly. You can chill. I'm like, I'm chilling. It's I like the rain. I like it when I'm home, you know, order some soup, some soncochos, like a Dominican <laughs> soup and then just watch TV. But I had to work today, but I am I don't mind it. It's been, it's been nice so far.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm gonna ask you something. The first thing that I thought mm-hmm. when I discovered your Instagram, mm-hmm. my first thought was D-Nasty. Yes. That's the name.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How'd you get it?
0: How'd I get the name? Well, I got the name just because I feel like, you know, it was around the time that the whole nasty woman thing was coming out. It was actually before that, to be honest, but it, it just worked. And I... Basically, talk a lot, especially when I started, I talked a lot about things that were not PG or PC. Like what? Just I started out talking a lot about sex because basically when I started doing the Instagram videos, I had my regular name. My name is Darlene, right? So I had like some Darlene D shit. But my cousin, her name is Sasha Mercy. She's also a comedian. We look alike. And she was already doing Instagram videos, YouTube videos for about a year. And when I started to do my videos, everyone, they would confuse us for each other. So I needed to do something to differentiate myself from her. So I just got a little bit more raunchy with my content because she's a little bit more (laughs) classier than I am, I guess, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So I just I just went in and I would talk about anything from like sex to like butt shit, you know, not actual shit. I don't really talk about shit like that. That's not my thing. But just like dirty shit at times, like.
1: It has like a really nice ring to it.
0: D-Nasty is good. It's good. I don't know if I can keep it, though. I just found out there's a French DJ. I was in France recently and there's like a very well-known French DJ named De nasty and I didn't know about that. So I got to do my research.
1: I think, honestly, this is real non-legal advice (laughs) because I'm not a lawyer.
0: Okay. But
1: maybe you can trademark it.
0: Yeah. I I actually did speak to someone and I can on some like American shit because he's like from France, whatever. And he's a DJ. I'm not a DJ. So it is possible, but I'm just like, do I, I don't want to be the second. You know what I mean? Right. Like he I feel was the first. So I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking I feel about it.
1: Well, it's so interesting to think about what's in the name. I, I had a, a time back in the day, aka yesterday, mm-hmm. when I was thinking about celebrities and their names. Mm-hmm. And they're so perfect. It's like they get to pick their name. So it's like Tom Cruise. Dope name.
0: Very good name. Yeah.
1: But he made it up.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Brad Pitt. He was given that name partially it's like Bradley William Pitt or something. Okay. But Brad Pitt. It works. Winona Ryder.
0: Winona Ryder.
1: But her real name is I think Winona Horowitz.
0: Horowitz.
1: But Ryder yeah, Ryder
0: is a shit.
1: I mean the problem, babe. she's like <laughs> when did she it's just like it's an amusing conversation when celebrities and People of interest get to pick their own names. I feel like they always do a good job.
0: Yeah. Like I feel like D-Nasty works for me because I say the shit, not even like nasty shit, but just like outspoken things that some people may be thinking, but they don't actually say out loud. And when it comes to women, if you are very opinionated, you can be called a nasty woman. So that's why I did it. People call me D already. It makes a lot of sense. It's just a ring.
1: So do you think that growing up in the Bronx Mm -hmm. kind of gave you this permission to speak your mind, I grew up. Oh, yeah. I grew up in Minnesota. Oh. And my childhood was filled with like lakes, grass, oh. small children with bowl cuts playing baseball. Okay. Supper time.
0: Supper. I
1: don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you. I don't know what you people call it. Do
0: you put dinner, <laughs> bro.
1: <laughs> uh, we grew up with pop, not soda.
0: I know you guys call it pop. What do you call your sandwiches?
1: I would just call them sandwiches. Sandwiches. Oh, okay.
0: Some places be like hoagies <laughs> and fucking subs.
1: I don't know the difference between those things okay. but I know that they po exist. Boys. Po yeah. boys. Yeah, that's that's like nur no, no, knowledge. 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 Um so what was it like growing up in the Bronx? I I don't really know anyone I think at least I haven't been able to ask the question of like what was childhood like in the Bronx?
0: I mean, you know, it's there's so many things, right? Because how can I put it, right? Like every time I talk to people and and I tell them that I'm from the Bronx, they expect me to have these crazy stories. And I and I <laughs> I do have them, but I don't at the same time. Like my mother is Jehovah's Witness. So I was raised Jehovah's Witness. So she's very strict. But sometimes there will be like a couple months and she was like, I ain't doing this no more. And it was like in and out kind of. So very confusing. Sometimes we had birthday celebrations. Sometimes we didn't. But, you know, she did shelter me. But that also made me be a person who was very sneaky. So I knew how to get around things. I would sneak out. I would go out. I would drink. And, you know, I did my thing. And, I never felt like I went through so much crazy shit or things that you would expect coming from the Bronx. But then when I look back, I have. I've been jumped. I've, I've, I've gone into fights. I've stolen some shit. Why not? I've been in a shootout. Uh, you, I did you, a, I did a drug run once without knowing that it was a drug run. I thought I was on a date. Oh, man. That was a day. Uh, and I mean, yeah, wait, I think...
1: Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so I'm going to press pause for one okay. second. You went on a drug run. Yes. That you... Thought was a date Yes How?
0: I was probably like 16 At 15, 16 at the time My friend My best friend at the time Was kind of seeing this guy And she was like Hey like He has a cute friend Like it was like a double date Type of thing She was like You want to like chill? And I You know Was uh, This was in the Bronx The dudes were from Washington Heights It's like a short bus ride away or Or you can walk and I'm like, yeah, why not? And she showed me a picture on his MySpace or Skonex or whatever it was. Skonex. Don't Skonex. know that. That's some shit. <laughs> and yeah, so we go on the date and he's like, oh, before we like go eat, come with me to this place. And then like we like went from one place to the next. And then we went to like another spot. And then like we were in a building and then we were waiting in the lobby and the people went upstairs with a bag. And I look at my friend and I'm like... I wasn't, I'm not dumb. I have an older brother and sister. So I look at him, I'm like, you fucking stupid. Can I curse here? Yeah. I'm like, you fucking stupid bitch. I was like, this is a drug run. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, we've gone to like three spots. They have bags like underneath their like shirts and shit. Like, what do you think we're doing here? Like these motherfuckers are selling drugs. And the only reason why we're here is because dudes are less likely to get stopped by the cops when they're with girls because it looks like a date. Wow. That's like a thing. Yeah, wow! That's a good
1: thing. So you were pawns.
0: I was a pawn. We were pawns. Damn! Congratulations! And I was tight because I had some fresh Pumas. They were suede. They were black and pink, and it was like my first day wearing them. And it was raining that day, and they got like fucking ruined. So I was really tight about that.
1: That's interesting. When I say
0: tight, I mean upset. I was mad. <laughs> um. <laughs> Thank
1: you for clarifying for the audience. I
0: know. I know. There's not a lot of brown people in Minnesota. Are there a lot of brown people? You Minnesota? know,
1: Minnesota is an interesting, diverse place. Okay, where. There are, but they all live exclusively in the heart of the city. Okay. So like in where I grew up, which was a first ring suburb, Mm -hmm. there was not a lot of brown people. Got it. In my experience, that's what's interesting is that at first you said, oh, I had a normal child upbringing. And then you go... (laughs) I shoplifted. I experienced (laughs) some shootouts. I went on a drug run that I thought was a date. And in my mind, I was like, that sounds literally completely uh, absolutely different from what (laughs) I would imagine a normal childhood to be.
0: You know what it is? It's because these are like isolated events. And it was these were things that I mean, I guess maybe growing up in the Bronx, you hear about a lot of different things. And for the most part, I did have like my mom did shelter me so for the most part She did shelter me So I just Didn't feel that my life Was as exciting As other people's lives Because I was home A lot And right. when I got to high school Immediately in freshman year As soon as I got to high school I had a job after school So I wasn't really oh, I, w- I was always working I've always had a job I've never not had a job So I never really got to experience Too much of the, of the Hanging out after school I didn't really do sports I, I wanted to I started doing track I really liked to run And I was good but they didn't have it in my school. I had to go to another high school to do it and was kind of out of the way. And I was broke and I'm tall. I'm 5'11". And my mom was broke and my jeans were always high water. And, and I'm like, I need to buy jeans and clothes. Like, I can't be going to school looking like this because you get roasted, you get picked on. So I just didn't actually do any extracurricular activities. I was smart, but I didn't do any extracurricular activities because I had a job. So the job kept me out of trouble, I would say. But even if not, I think I would have just probably ran. I would have been not doing track. But, yeah, so I just know other people who had a much more tough life than I did. So that's why I say I don't really feel like I had such a strong upbringing, but I have been I have experienced things. I have been handcuffed, you know, so there are certain things. But
1: but those are anomalies.
0: Yeah. Like I've never seen a dead body on the street. Right. You know, and. I never really I don't feel like my life was in danger just because I lived in the Bronx. Right. So that was. I, I was out like I would get out of work pretty late, take the train from the city to the Bronx, get there. And even in the morning, if I had to work on the weekends at like 7 a.m., I would wake up at five wintertime. It's dark. So but the. I never felt unsafe. Right. And I don't know if it's because of when you're a kid, you're naive or just because it was something that I grew up in. But yeah, I don't know. I just, that was my home. I'm from the Bronx. I just moved out of the Bronx four years ago.
1: And did your mom grow up in the Bronx as well?
0: My mother's from the Dominican Republic. She grew up in DR. She came here in the 70s, late 70s, when she was 21.
1: And you were born here?
0: I was born here, born and raised in the Bronx. Yeah. And dad? My dad is not Dominican. My dad's Albanian. He was an Albanian refugee. He was Muslim as well.
1: You're a double hyphen.
0: I'm a double hyphen, but I don't...
1: A triple hyphen.
0: I don't I don't talk about it too much because I don't know much about the culture. I don't know my father. Right, right. So he kind of dipped on my mom. So, well, not kind of. He dipped on my mom. He left. So I don't have a relationship with him. And, you know, unfortunately, I don't know too much about the culture, but... So I do represent, I do wrap my Dominican side way more than anything else. But if people ask, I'm not hiding it. It's just that I don't really know anything about the culture.
1: Right. I mean, culture is not only who you were made by, but it's also how you were raised. And if you were raised by a Dominican Republic and Dominican DR, well, a Dominican do, woman. A Dominican woman yes. who's also a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. <laughs> now, this might be a super ignorant question, but mm-hmm. are most people from the Dominican Republic Jehovah's Witnesses or is no. this an anomaly?
0: That's an anomaly. That was some shit that she picked up here. Not <laughs> shit. I don't want to say shit, I'm not disrespecting it. But she there are Jehovah's Witnesses everywhere. But normally, I would say the whole country is, for the most part, Catholic. Right. Or Christian. Yeah. Evangelical. And so she,
1: she chose. She kind of chose that when she came to the U.S.
0: Yeah. As she, an adult, she changed she changed her religion.
1: That's cool. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Very. Do you think that has an impact on how you kind of pursue life?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I don't really go to the Kingdom Hall. That's what their place of worship is called. I don't go to the Kingdom Hall, but I do pray. (laughs) And when I pray, I pray in the Jehovah Witness style. I pray to Jehovah every day, just because that's just how I was raised. And that's just how I feel comfortable doing it. I also pray in Spanish, which is
1: that's really interesting. I, speak,
0: I mean, I, I took my Bible studies in Spanish. So it's just the Spanish and the, and the Jehovah's Witness go hand in hand. I don't separate the two. Wow.
1: Isn't that so weird how something that you learn like that, like that's like, do you think in Spanish or do you think in English? I think in both. That's so interesting. It's, and How about dreaming?
0: Dreaming English. Always. I don't think I've ever had a, a dream in Spanish now that you mention it. That's such a weird, that's a good question, Kareem.
1: I mean, I don't ask that question every time, but because you said you pray in one language and you think in two languages, but you only dream in the, in the other I language dream. opposite of praying. It's very interesting. I only
0: dream in English.
1: When you talked about high school, <laughs> yeah, you talked about track, which was important to you.
0: Yeah, I didn't get too deep into it, but it was something that I really wanted to pursue.
1: And then you talked about work. Yes. And, and how you Sounds like you have a hard, strong work ethic.
0: Oh, 100%.
1: So tell me about how that kind of fit into your life during during high school and college.
0: What, work ethic?
1: Or just work? Like, where did you work? What did you do?
0: Well, how'd you
1: get by? How'd
0: get by? Well, my first, my very, I mean, I babysitted and shit, but my very first job was at 15 years old. I was working, I don't even know if that's illegal to work at 15, but I was working at McDonald's at 15 for about a year and a half.
1: How much did you get paid?
0: 7. I started at $7.15. After a year I was I got a raise of $7.47.
1: So here's a mind blowing fact. Trainer. Okay. I also worked at McDonald's. Oh. And I was also 15. Oh. So it was legal. Okay, okay. <laughs> And my starting wage to show my how much older I am than you, okay. which is actually probably not that much older, but maybe it's just because you were in New York City, which or you know demands higher uh, wages. Oh, that's true. I made five dollars and five cents an hour. Whoa! And when I was done working there, oh, I was at five dollars and fifteen cents an hour. <laughs> but I never got the promotion. It sounds like you became a crew manager. Now, when you were at McDonald's, did you end up? Were you outgoing and funny and like? Did you have a good time there, or were you kind of like begrudgingly doing the work? Mm.
0: Yes, and uh, bo- a little bit of both. I would say. I mean, I I always try to make the best out of anything, you know. And I, I it's just part of my personality to be happy. Even I have a, a very strong sense of self in the sense that when I'm in a very bad mood, because I can get angry. Like I I have issues <laughs> for sure. I don't have a father, not. Nah. <laughs> but I, I try to change that frequency. I, I try to think about it as a frequency. And I don't remember what what book I read, or if it was an article I read somewhere where it's just kind of like your brain your brain patterns you can oh, fuck I'm I'm butchering this but basically like if you do something over and over and over again you there's these like little ridges in your brain that form and it's kind of like these brain patterns or waves or whatever and that becomes set in stone in a way I'm butchering this so no, badly No no I
1: actually follow I know You what know what, what talking I'm talking about I do know right? exactly what you're talking and about And
0: those are like patterns but apparently you can recalibrate it or or change that and you can set new patterns in your brains if you just like force yourself to so I've tried. I before even reading that, I kind of got that without knowing about it, and I would be like, you know what, I'm bugging right now. I'm I'm acting kind of crazy. Let me just switch this and and be happy because the more upset I am, the everything else is gonna affect me and annoy me way more. So unlike some Murphy's law shit, like everything that can go wrong will go wrong. If you're already in a bad mood, you're just gonna attract more bad energy. And that's just how I kind of think about things. So I've always been someone who likes to laugh. I come from a family that's very, very outgoing and very funny. So I got that from them. So I even if I'm upset, I try to change it with humor. And that's just always been the case. So you know, there were days that I hated it, but I, I've always tried to make my jobs fun. And everybody knows me. They don't know me to be someone who's depressed or angry or who has an attitude. I was always trying to make the place a little bit more lively.
1: Right. I mm-hmm. could see you being funny. If you were like the cashier, I feel like if I ordered something from you, I would leave in a better mood when yeah. I came in.
0: Well, sometimes. Sometimes the people will be like, fuck yeah. But like my coworkers, yeah. But some people, yes. I was good. Like I remember there were some regulars that I was cool with and I'm like, Oh shit, Mary. Like, you know, yeah. So yeah, yeah, you're right actually. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I used to I used to pass the time by just because it snows so much in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And on those days, like on the snow days. It was just empty. Of it course. was totally empty. So I would create new concoctions. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. like, and one time I remember I had this hilarious... Were
0: you fat when you worked at McDonald's?
1: I was going to tell you I gained 30 pounds.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was bad. I love Because it's like
1: you walk past the chicken nugget bin and you just pop one in. Of
0: course.
1: That's 80 calories. Oh,
0: And one chicken nugget?
1: Maybe 50 to 80, yeah. Oh, I mean, that's a lot. That's and a lot. And if you do that... I was averaging one per hour. <laughs> yeah, that That's funny. like 800 calories in just chicken nuggets. In
0: just snacking. And
1: that doesn't even count the fries. Mm-hmm. You know, pop in a couple fries. Some milkshakes. Lunch. Mm-hmm. I'm not counting lunch. I mean, this is like just in snacks, like licking a cone. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. I gained 30 pounds. Damn. But one of the things...
0: How, oh, you said 15. Yeah, I like, was 15, 15 to, to 17. 17 yeah, okay, I mean, same. I got
1: fat. That's also where I started smoking cigarettes because everyone else smoked. One of the funniest things I ever did Was I, this guy ordered a Big Mac. Mm -hmm. And Big Macs, for those of you that don't know, is a piece of bread, a burger patty. Who don't know what
0: a Big Mac is?
1: No, the specifics of it.
0: Okay, okay, okay. It's
1: the bread, Mm -hmm. the patty, Mm -hmm. another piece of bread, Mm -hmm. another patty, Mm -hmm. another piece of bread. Mm -hmm. So it's, how many pieces is that? Five total pieces. It's, it's, It's three pieces of bread, two pieces of meat. So what I did is I went
0: and the big mac sauce and the pickles
1: and, and all the yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah
0: the big mac sauce has mad
1: calories I love the big mac Actually, sauce that shit was so good right you know it's just thousand island dressing is it i'm sorry to is that what it burst, is yeah it's just thousand island dressing hmm. liars I didn't know secret that. my ass oh. so what i did though is i went bread patty bread patty bread patty oh, no, bread no. patty bread patty <laughs> and then i closed the box <laughs> And then I watched him open it and it's jumped out like a sleep like a (laughs) monster. And he came back and he's like, I think there's something wrong with my Big Mac. And I was like, oh, sir. Oh, that must have just been a mistake. But that's kind of how I was passing the <laughs> that's time. How you
0: fuck with people. <laughs> was,
1: yeah, just doing like weird things like that. One time I put pornography on the drive-thru sign. And I had this lady and she's like, sir, did you know that there is pornography on the drive through sign? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I think. I must have been those damn teenagers. Oh, shit. Those damn teenagers (laughs) with
0: your cigarette (laughs) hanging from your mouth. Those damn teenagers.
1: (laughs) But I've I've found out that, like, you don't need to do a good job. You just need to not get caught doing a bad job.
0: Oh, I did a lot of shit that I wasn't supposed to do. I ain't going (laughs) to talk about Uh, that. What was I going to ask you? How'd you quit? Why'd you quit?
1: The cigarettes.
0: No, not the cigarettes. McDonald's. McDonald's.
1: Well. (laughs) I had to. I mean, I just had to. Like, yeah, nobody does two years in McDonald's. It's, it's hard. I mean, it is when hard. you think about spending eight hours there and making $5 <sighs> per hour, like 40 your, 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 time, hour. your literal hour is valued at $5, which is just Bruh. very strong believer of minimum wage not being $5. Bro. And that's what it was at the time. Mm-hmm. But it's just, you know, your hour, no matter who you are, your hour is worth more than $5. Oh, fucking yeah. And my mom didn't want me to work. And she now looking back at it, I think she was right.
0: I remember when I quit, it was a, a very interesting story. I it was very dramatic. I think it was like 4th of July. And I hell <laughs> yeah, OK, it was 4th of July. Everybody called out. Right. And it was just me, the crew trainer and two of my managers. Right. And nobody came to work. No staff from morning to night. So I worked a double that day. Now, I don't know who in their right mind, but it wasn't a right mind situation. But it was 11, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, whatever it was. And someone who knows who used the restroom. Right. And I had to like basically clean the, the whole restaurant. So I swept, I mopped, I refilled the sauces, I did all this shit. I go. There's like a rule with McDonald's from what I remember. Like if you clean the bathroom, then somebody else does like the grill and shit. Like you got to clean the grill. I don't know. It's like you, it was garbage. It's something like that. So I went to the bathroom. Somebody smeared feces shit (laughs) all over the walls the toilet the sink like i don't it was like on purpose it was like somebody hated us
1: it was the fourth of july it was a fucking celebration
0: (laughs) oh bro it was crazy it was crazy it was crazy actually wasn't the fourth of july it was memorial day i think wait when's, when's labor day it was labor day
1: Still a celebration. It was still
0: a celebration. It was Labor Day. Because I remember, then after that, it didn't work for a month, and then it was my birthday in October. So that makes sense. Okay. They fucking smeared shit all over the place. And I was like, I ain't cleaning this, but I knew that the managers weren't going to clean it. So I stayed quiet. I was like, I'm not going to clean it. I'm not going to clean it. I made sure that I cleaned everything else, spick and span. I did everything. I did everything. I did the the ice cream machine. I did the grill. I took out the garbage. I was like, I got it. I'll do the dishes. I was like, making sure I did everything. I was like, the only thing I got to do is clean the bath. They were like, well, we're going to go downstairs and clean downstairs like where the other shit is. So they were like, clean the bathroom. I was like, I ain't going to clean the bathroom. They were like, I guess one of them did know. They're like, no, uh, darling, you have to clean the bathroom. You're at least in seniority here. And I was like, I ain't cleaning the bathroom. <laughs> They're like, I was like, you know what? I'm a citizen of America. <laughs> I'm the United States of America. I don't got to put up with this shit on Labor Day. I was like, nah, fuck that. I took off my little visor. Very dramatically and slowly I put it down on the table And I was like I'm not coming back I'll come back Friday for my check And I quit And that's how I left A year and a half I was like I am not cleaning And the thing is like I had already worked there For a year and a half I had cleaned my fair share of shit But like you know Like a little bit You know on the toilet This was like smeared Every every wall had shit I was like no I'm not doing this No No (laughs) I can't You did the right thing I did the right thing I think that's probably why I don't make shit jokes Like jokes about (laughs) shit my I'm like, I, I'm traumatized from that. <laughs>
1: can't th- every time you think of it, you just think of those walls. Mm, 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 mm. Disgusting walls.
0: I mm, can't, mm. I can't, I can't, I can't. But yeah, I'm very proud that I, I left.
1: <laughs> so what, what did you do after that? It sounds like you didn't have a plan.
0: No plan at all. I probably didn't have a job for maybe three weeks. And then I started looking for a job and I started working for Levi's after that. I made an extra dollar more. In retail? In retail, yeah.
1: I bet you were great at that, too.
0: Yeah, that was really good. That was a very fun job. Yeah,
1: me. it's much cleaner, no grease. Yeah, and
0: I had 40% off nice Levi jeans. Levi's. Yeah, it was good. It America's was a trusted Square. brand. I felt cool. Oh, that's dope. Right? Times I felt Square. cooler in
1: there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And Commuting from the Bronx.
0: <laughs> that was, yeah. It was cool. It was cool. I met a lot of cool people there. And I feel, to be honest, that was actually the first time that I think I started making friends. Because growing up in the Bronx, I didn't, there were... Where I was living, there were not many white people. Everybody was predominantly Latino or black. And we had a couple like Guyana. We had a Guyanese population, some Indians, but mostly black and Latino. So when I started working in Levi's, all my coworkers, because even at McDonald's, all my coworkers were Latino for the most part. And when I started working in Levi's, I had, I started making friends with people who were Asian, Korean, uh, you know, white people. Like I had like my first white friend in Levi's.
1: Do you remember their name?
0: Uh, Olivia.
1: Are you making that up?
0: No, no, Olivia. <laughs> well, she wasn't the first one, but she's one of them. Right, Her but name she's the one was, you remember. I remember Olivia. I remember Anton. Anton was my friend. He was a great friend of mine. He was a Russian friend from Coney Island.
1: And how do you think they affected you?
0: I just learned about more shit, better music, like more music, different types of music, movies, shows, fashion, and like it just opened. Like I was just. I was just used to one thing. Of course. So I, I do open, knowing so many other different people opened my palates a lot of different For things.
1: For sure. Yeah. For sure. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. I mean, that diversity. I remember like, I only listened exclusively to Jada Kiss in <laughs> high school.
0: <laughs> yeah, wow. Good choice. <laughs> and
1: then when I got to college, I remember this guy who was from South Dakota, mm-hmm. had really long hair. Shout out Brian Curry. <laughs> he was like, listen to this. And it was the Smashing Pumpkins.
0: Okay, And I was
1: like, this is, Dope. There you go. And then somebody else was like, check this band out. It's called Indie Rock. It's Vampire Weekend. I, I remember like,
0: Vampire Weekend. I, I
1: was like, whoa, this is sick. Like, yeah. holy shit, life is dope. Like, I don't have to listen to Jada Kiss and Little John only. Only,
0: exactly. <laughs> I mean, I can't give them all the credit. I, my brother will put me onto a lot of shit too, but he's older than me. So, a lot older than me. So, you know, it's a little different, but yeah.
1: So, was this around the time that you decided or? had a hunch that you wanted to be an entertainer or when did that start? Because you went to community college for a while mm-hmm. and decided that it wasn't for you. Yeah. Or did, did they decide you <laughs> they weren't for decide. them? What's 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 the truth?
0: <laughs> I guess I'm a crazy ass bitch. Nah, <laughs> I gotta it out. Um. No, wait,
1: I did not okay. Four <laughs> listeners, I did not know any of this. And D has the right to tell the story as it stands.
0: Okay. <laughs> no, it was it wasn't that crazy. But I just I was in school, but it wasn't for me. I was in and out of it a lot. Like I would take I would pick up like two classes, then I wouldn't go for like a semester and then go back. And at the time that I ended, I pretty much had all my credits, but I, I didn't have any of the math ones. I wasn't very good at math in college. So I had thought I passed the class and when it was time to go back for the, the fall semester, I couldn't I just try online for some reason. I'm like, why is this happening? So I went to school and I'm like, hey, I'm trying to, you know, take a class. And they're like, oh, well, you can't take this class because you actually failed. And my teacher had told me that I passed. Like, it was like some wild shit. And I was like, are you, what? Like, and I just, she was like, well, you have to go to this class. And then I went to the class and, Damn, son, I'm crazy. Then I went to the class, the other place, not the class, sorry, another office. And when I got to the office, they sent me back to the original place. And it was like two minutes before closing. And she was like walking out. I'm like, you just sent me to that other office because you didn't want to deal with me. So I kind of had this argument with the girl. And I'm like, listen, I I can't take this class again. I passed the thing and blah, blah, blah. blah." And I got mad and I kind of like there was a stapler and I kind of gently flung it.
1: Gentle nudge
0: I gently nudged the sabler And then I left And uh, because These two security guards Asked me to leave <laughs> I always wanted To kind of be an entertainer So as I mentioned earlier I, I Come from a funny family My brother wanted To get into acting And he was really funny And I remember You know Watching TV with him Like we would, We loved Comedy Central We would always watch Comedy Central And I remember him and I Discovering the Chappelle show At the same time and we were like, this shit is amazing. And we knew who Dave Chappelle was, not by name, but just from the movie Half-Baked. And I think he was not a nutty professor as well, if I'm not mistaken. He was like the comedian with the teeth. I think. I'm not too sure. So but, so at this point, Dave Chappelle was already kind of being known. And we started watching him. And, and we were just so enamored by the, the show and his brain and the comedy. And it just felt so effort. It felt like what Dave Chappelle was doing was so effortless. And I was like, I would love to do that one day. But... I didn't think that I knew that I was funny. Middle school in my yearbook in middle school, I was class clown. In high school, I was class clown. But I didn't think that I had what it took or even I didn't give it a second thought to be a stand up comedian. I just wanted to be a comedic actress. So I was like, I'm going to be an actress when I grow up. And I always knew that that was what I wanted to do. But I didn't really put in the effort because even in high school, I wasn't doing plays. I wasn't doing any of that. So everyone was like, oh, you want to be an actress, but you're not acting. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to come when it comes. I always just had that idea. And then I think around maybe 1920, I took a class and it was kind of a rip off. And I I kind of felt a little bit discouraged by that. And on and off, I would always kind of dip my feet into it. And then I think at 21, I went and took another acting class at HB Studios. And that was cool. I did like two semesters, but I didn't really have the money for that either. And. I just kind of let it go. I started working in a hotel and, you know, even there it was always funny and stuff. But I just started seeing that I was getting very comfortable in that hotel life. And in New York City, if you're working in a hotel, you're union. You get paid well. I was getting paid a lot of money at like 22, 23. So I just was like, I could do this. Maybe I could. Maybe I would just be a normal woman. You know, I was in a relationship, whatever. But then I started noticing I was getting hunchback. I was tired of standing in the front desk dealing (laughs) with fucking tourists and I don't know, then Instagram came out and that's kind of how it all started. So my I mentioned my cousin earlier, she was doing these little videos and they were kind of kicking off. And I, I guess this kind of ties into the topic or the theme of this podcast because... Something that we started to... When she started to do it, she kind of nudged me. She was like, do it, do it. I'm like, no, I don't want to do it because everybody thinks we're the same anyway. She's like, no, fucking do it. We're different, whatever. So shouts to Sasha Mercy for pushing me. And then we, I started doing these videos and immediately it just got a lot of attention. And and even now looking back, some of those videos are trash, you know, they're not even that great. But I think the reason why they were so well-recepted was because of the lack of representation on mainstream media, you know, first of all, I always I always bring this up everywhere that I go. Latinos are the most underrepresented demographic on TV. But we're the one we're the ones who consume it the most. So that's mind boggling. And then when we do when we are represented, we're number one represented as the maid or the help or a drug cartel. Like it's always it's just not in a good light. And then that's one aspect of it. And then there's a second aspect. Then when we are, even though those things are negative, are negative. The only ones that are being represented, for the most part, are Central and Southern Americans. And you know, I'm from New York, so most of the Latino population in New York and on the East Coast are Caribbean Latinos. So that's you know your Panamanians, your Dominican, Puerto Rican, Cuban, etc. You don't really hear too much about them. Maybe now with Cardi B and like obviously J Lo with, P- with Puerto Ricans, but when J Lo was on TV. You know, she has to start somewhere, but she... who, What the fuck was J-Lo playing in, in Made in My Hand? Some like ambiguous Italian chick? Like, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck J-Lo was. <laughs> I mean, I've, she paved the way, but she never was like Latina, you know? Yeah. They never really talked about her being Latina. We knew it, but it was never talked about. She never really spoke Spanish in the movies. It wasn't shown. So... But wait, I get it. You got to start somewhere. So, where I'm like rambling. I ramble. I no, rant No, girl,
1: this is good. It's
0: good? Okay, okay. So, yeah, so it's just there's so many girls that are like me. There's so many women that are like me and guys that are like me and that don't have any type of representation. And representation truly does matter. You want to see and you want to feel like you can relate to people. So some of the things that I was saying were not even necessarily original jokes and stuff. It was just stuff that like things your mom say or things that you grew up watching and stuff and just little phrases that people were like, wait, my mom says that too. And And it just became this like relatability that people were like, oh my God, this girl is speaking to us. So... It, it I didn't really start it off because I wanted to be an actress. I was just like, let me just do it because I am funny and I have things to say and I'm a little bit of a narcissist. <laughs> so I'm just going to like try out this Instagram thing. And I'm happy that I did because, you know, even though there's still a lot of work to be done on TV when it comes to people like us, it kind of paved the way. And now people are seeing that the Internet is kind of taking over. So that's becoming the new form of media. And I think it's going to open up a lot. I'm not saying that I'm opening doors, but. Just me and other people that are like myself and come from a similar background kind of started it on the gram or on YouTube and it kind of does make a difference.
1: It makes a massive difference. I think one of the, you know, I've on a high level, I've known this, right? Like Mm -hmm. I can see it in my mind. Mm -hmm. But a specific thing that happened to me about three weeks ago is I'm on an airplane Mm -hmm. and I'm watching movies Mm -hmm. and I see Into the Spider-Verse.
0: Okay. Which is an
1: animated Spider-Man movie. Mm -hmm. The kicker is that the kid, the new Spider-Man, is half Latino Mm -hmm. and half black. Mm -hmm. And I start watching it and honestly started tearing up because his mom is speaking to him in Spanish. His name is Miles Morales. Mm -hmm. And me, not even as a Latino or a black man, his father is a black man in the show or in the movie, just as a brown person seeing a brown kid be Spider-Man, I started crying on the plane because I was like, holy shit, he looks like me. And I'm like not a kid. I'm a a 32-year-old adult male Mm -hmm. that's like being affected by seeing this kid on screen. And now I can't stop thinking about all of the actual kids that all of a sudden Mm -hmm. have a brown superhero. And it doesn't even matter if he is specifically half Latino, half black. It just matters that he is other. Right? Mm -hmm. He could be Asian. He could be like Caribbean he could be Japanese like yeah. it doesn't even matter just the fact that he exists outside of the box that he's supposed to exist in yeah. is what makes it so impactful so i think you know i think these things that are happening right now are so important and they're honestly giving us the kick that we need yeah. to say like well if they can do it why can't we do it sure. right and and there's an audience and there's an appetite and the audience is totally a crossover like I'm not a white Jewish person mm-hmm. but I fucking love Seinfeld of
0: course who doesn't love Seinfeld <laughs> you know what and I mean you know?
1: so, so it's like why can't there be a show and I think the good example of that show is Atlanta right yes. like I think like a white Jewish person could love Atlanta mm-hmm. just as much as a black that person, person. could love Seinfeld right and mm-hmm. I think that that's important and that's there's there's no threat you know what I mean there's no threat there's yeah. nothing under attack there's room for everyone and that's kind yeah. of like what my hope is, is that people start realizing that this is a great thing, right? That this is not something that should be feared, that it's not a threat on entertainment, that this is an opening that needs to be opened and needs to be addressed. I love in your comedy and stuff that I've watched on Instagram is that exactly what you just said is that it's relatable right to mm-hmm. a specific audience. The funny thing is it's relatable to me as just a young person but then sometimes you kick it off with something like with some Spanish yeah right and I think that that like makes it even funnier to me even though sometimes I don't know what you're saying, you but it's almost I get the feeling that <laughs> yeah. that and that feeling can't come out in English
0: mm-hmm. because no, it's almost
1: like it's almost like a Spanish feeling mm-hmm. right
0: Yeah, because even my voice changes like the tone of my voice changes
1: I, I need to Spanish. hear something.
0: Um, like, this morning, what did I say? I was like, yeah, you bueno. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yo Because bueno. I, I just was feeling myself. And I was yeah. like, I look good today. Actually, no, I was the same someone, <laughs> But sometimes it gets a little deeper. I'm like, but bueno. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to... I can't think right now. But yeah, I, I do change it. Like, if I'm flattered by something, or I'm like, oh, oh it just goes down like one decibel, I think. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> I saw, I watched something, again, in the same realm of this conversation. I watched one of your Instagram videos about Los es- Spookies. Oh, yes. And I and I loved that you called out, actually, the difference between first generation mm-hmm. and second generation. Yeah.
0: So, yesterday I binge-watched Los es- Spookies uh, on HBO. It's Fred Armisen's new joint. And I just gotta say, I'm super happy and I'm super impressed by it. Like, it's about time that Latinos have a show like this. You know, it's mostly all in Spanish but it's just a different type of sense of humor it's niche it's smart it's not the slapstick humor that we're used to but still has aspects of that and I fuck with that because you know in America the general the the most Latinos that are here are actually second generation. So they're American and we're used to different types of humor. Don't just give us some shit where it's just like, I want to eat arroz con habichuela and bailar salsa. Like, we don't give a Like, what are you doing? We over that. Like, that's old news. So, I don't know. I just feel happy. I also noticed that in the show, all the Latinos, upon meeting each other, they have each other's back, which I think is kind of a little nudge to us to realize we got to have each other's backs, especially right now. It feels...
1: Tell me more about, like, how you got to that idea.
0: So, well, it's a stat. You can look it up. I, I recently spoke at, on a panel about Latinx and, you know, if it's a revolution or a renaissance and stuff. And I I was, you know, and, doing and my f- research. for the
1: audience, what is Latinx?
0: Well, Latinx is just kind of, well, not kind of. Latinx is an inclusive term for anyone who identifies as Latino or Latina. So, you know, in Spanish and a lot of Latin languages, the O or the A, it's, you know, masculine or feminine, you know, so... X is just for someone who d- doesn't identify as either, so it's just an inclusive term. That's pretty much what it is. It started circulating a couple years ago. People, a lot of I still know a lot of people that are Latin that don't use the term. I work for Vice. I'm an associate producer and a host for them, so I learned the term working with white people. <laughs> they
1: woke. I'm like, that's
0: what you going to name me it now because they're woke. I guess they're trying to be. <laughs> they're more woke. But I get it because you know it's if it's respecting someone's pronouns and why not? I have no problem with that. So it is what it is. So I, I use the term Latinx now. I'm, I've adopted it. But what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So I did my research for this panel. I was getting ready for it. And I know I read that the majority of Latinos that are actually in this country are second generation. So it's not necessarily people that are coming in, you know, over the border or flying in and whatever. A lot of the people that are Latino in this country were born in this country. They're second generation Latino. They're second generation American, or I guess. So... You know, how you were saying, I love Seinfeld, right? I grew up, I'm 27, so I grew up with all that and Nick, Nick, Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, Disney Channel, all that shit, right? And I really, really, really loved Amanda Bynes when I was a kid, right? I really, really loved Cameron Diaz when I was a teen, a preteen. Like, so all of my role models or whatever, I never thought twice. I, I didn't have like a thought at first, like, why can't it be a Latina girl? I was just because I guess there was really no other option, you know, so that and I just love them. I'm like, I love these women. I think they're funny. I think they're great. I think they're pretty, whatever. And that was my thing. And I'm like, you know, if I could sit here and appreciate like any other person that's not Latina and in their comedy and in their craft, then why is it that someone else can't come through and, and be out here? Like, I hate that when people hear that I'm Latina Sometimes you go places and you tell them that you're Latina. They're like, oh, so como estas? And I get that sometimes that's not really like, it's not rude sometimes, but it is. I don't think that people, sometimes people don't mean any harm by it, but it's kind of annoying because at the end of the day, I was born in America. I'm a born and raised New Yorker. I speak English as my first language. So it's kind of offensive when you automatically want to speak to me in Spanish as if I don't speak English. So... Same thing with content Whenever they do Try to do something For the Latino population Or the Latinx population I feel like They're trying too hard I feel like Everything is a stereotype I think it's a caricature Of who we are And my sense of humor is not just, oh, my God, I want to dance salsa and eat tacos. You know, I it's that's just I grew up with so many different types of humor and sitcoms and channels in America. So my palette and my taste for TV and media and entertainment is very broad. So to just put us in a box of just like this is what you are and this is what we're going to give you. This is what we think you are going to like. <laughs> OK, oh. I hate that shit. So. With Los Spookies, the reason why I'm so excited. I'm like the I'm like talking about Los Spooky, like I'm on the sh- I'm on the show. I I'm love not. how you
1: say Los Spookies. <laughs> because that's how it is. I know, but it sounds so fucking good. <laughs> like I say it lame. I'm like Los Spookies.
0: Well you have to say Los Spookies. Los
1: Spookies There you know. go. <laughs> <laughs> Los espookies.
0: I just love it. I love I just think it's such a good show because there are those like little stereotypes, of course, in the in the thing. But the difference with the show. With From what I have seen in the past Is it feels like us making fun of us
1: It's a self-awareness
0: Exactly It's not like what people think of us So this is the reason why I like it It's also a very original uh, concept And if you're a fan of Fred Armisen If you've ever seen Portlandia You do get that vibe in it The little niche and kind of quiet Subtle sense of humor So I really like that about it Because I feel like when people hear Latin Even though we are loud uh, Some of us, not all of us, I'm loud But it's not a very loud show it has very a lot of subtle subtleties and I appreciate that I don't feel like they're doing something for us because they think we're gonna like it I just think it's just a good concept and it's just good
1: I love that yeah and
0: you can tell that they obviously have Latin writers and producers and directors and we need more of that is, We can't just be in front of the camera we got to be behind the scenes as
1: well is Fred Armisen Latino
0: I think' his, yeah his mother's Venezuelan
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I always, I'm always amazed by some people, some people like Fred Armisen mm-hmm. and even Keanu Reeves.
0: Yeah, who he's, like Keanu yeah, Reeves. Asian, right? Yeah, Chinese. he's
1: yeah, and but in my mind, he's not. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like in my mind, Keanu's just like Keanu. Well, he's his own thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, right, but like, and, but Fred Armisen, like I never really thought of him as Latino, but if he is, it sounds like, and he probably understands the nuance, but he has this amazing ability to also do a show like Portlandia Mm -hmm. and hit the nail on the head Mm -hmm. and imitate kind of, I guess, like Brooklyn slash Portland hipster culture. Yes. But also be able to pull from this other experience that's inside of him, Mm -hmm. maybe the way he was raised, maybe the way his mother treated him, maybe the things that he was exposed to growing up. Mm -hmm. And he's able to create kind of the same situational comedy in a Latinx voice. Mm, Exactly. which uh, Which I think is a superpower. You know what I mean? I think it's a superpower to be able to draw from multiple sources and Mm -hmm. multiple places. And I think that, you know, it makes it more dynamic and it makes it more interesting Mm -hmm. and it makes it more real. I'm not a flat earther. (laughs) I have other conspiracies. Like, I read this one that I'm obsessed with Mm. and it's like, I saw this meme and it said, Neil Armstrong uh-huh. was the first man on the moon. Okay. And then said Neil A. And then said, spell it backwards. A Marsh.
0: Wait. wait. <laughs> alien. Oh, alien. I don't know why it's
1: <laughs> a Martian. A No, alien. And I oh, was, wait, like, I was close, though. I yeah. was like, wait, Neil A. I
0: should have to get Habert.
1: Alien.
0: I kind of fuck with it, yeah, I believe it,
1: and it makes <laughs> it actually makes sense. the The part that I think actually makes sense about it is that technically he is an alien to Mars. He is. You know, when he went to like maybe they chose him.
0: Not Mars, the moon.
1: Sorry, the moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. not Mars. <laughs> so yeah, technically, maybe NASA chose him. They were like, okay, we need someone Neil A, so that when he Yo. goes to the moon, he is the alien.
0: Yo, you blew my mind.
1: Like, I don't think he's an alien on Earth. I think that when he went to the moon, he was the first, he was literally, he's the first alien.
0: He is the first alien.
1: <laughs> oh my God. He
0: is. Neil Armstrong is the first alien. He's, Patience is How not patient, Yo, but He's an alien.
1: <laughs> Neil Armstrong should identify as an alien. He's like, I'm human's first alien to another planet. 100%. He actually is. He is. I'm actually, well, right not a planet, now, I'm moon. not joking. Is the moon not a planet? No. It's a star.
0: It's a star, I think. I don't know. It's not a planet, though. Because it doesn't revolve around the sun.
1: We need a researcher.
0: I'm pretty sure it's not a planet. Where are you so, from? I'm Egyptian. You're Egyptian.
1: Okay. Uh, but I was I was going to say it earlier. I was, I was born in Cairo, mm-hmm. but raised in Minnesota. Okay. And Arabic is my first language, but I don't speak any Arabic. Oh. I, I exclusively speak and think in English. English. Yeah. So like,
0: so it's it wasn't weird. spoken in your house.
1: It is. My mom still speaks to me in Arabic and I respond in English.
0: Oh, so you understand what they're saying. I
1: understand what they're saying. I just never, yeah. I never think in Arabic and I never really speak in Arabic unless I have to speak in Arabic.
0: Oh, okay. So you do speak it.
1: But you can not po- poorly, poorly, yes. You but I can't. I, w- I was just in Egypt and I was speaking Arabic. And I, was, I have this other funny thing that like when, so <laughs> a lot of the Yemeni bodega guys, mm-hmm. I can pass as mixed, you know, I can pass a lot of things. Yeah. So a lot of people just don't eat, like a lot of the bodega guys and deli guys, they don't even have a clue.
0: Yeah, you be like, yo, habibi.
1: Yeah, but but in, my he- <laughs> in my head, I'm hearing them talk about customers or like that they need more pickles, but I never say anything because I don't want them to talk to me in Arabic. Why? Because I'm embarrassed at how bad my Arabic Got is. Got you. And then, so I always go undercover. That's what I call it.
0: Okay.
1: And then one day, so... It's so stupid of me to do, but the the deli that I go to every single day, mm-hmm. I for some reason I think I was just in a really good mood mm-hmm. or I was drunk or something, <laughs> and the guy's like, "Here's your change," and I go, "Shukran, Habibi," and he goes, and he looks at me, and he's like, "Habibi." Yay! <laughs> and then I was, and, I was like, and then he was like giving me the discount, the Arab s- discount, the plug, the connection. Should
0: have done that from the gut.
1: And no, but now I can't go in there
0: without speaking and be
1: Arabic. no, and just be a normal customer anymore. Like now I'm like part of the, the crew.
0: Yeah.
1: Like it's like, where's your, where's, how's your mom? Like, how's the family? Like, do you want extra chips? Yeah. And I'm just like, fuck, yeah. I really blew the cover. Like yeah. I was anonymous. And now I'm your friendly neighborhood. That's Egyptian. a gift and a
0: curse. I feel you because I live in Washington Heights now. I mean, even in the Bronx. So in the Bronx, you have a lot of you have a lot of Habibi. You have a lot of uh, Arab stories. <laughs> I stores. like that
1: you call it. Yeah, because that's what
0: they used to call me too. Be like, habibi, because Habibi means friends, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, So you have a lot of Arab bodegas and then you also have a lot of like Spanish bodegas. But when you go to Washington Heights, a lot of them are just mostly Dominican. So obviously I'm speaking Spanish. They know I'm Dominican. So it's always like, amiga, hermana. You know, comadre. So you can't like even if you're having like a bad day or you're PMSing or whatever, you can't. It's true the, like sometimes you do want the you want to be anonymous. I feel you on that. Yeah,
1: but you have to be the friend.
0: But you gotta be the, you gotta be the friend if you want that plug. Right? I
1: love them, and I also love them. I think that there's st- some of the best people in New York City. Hell yeah! Are like they, they are? They really are. They hold the neighborhood together.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I remember I had a a, a situation when I was probably eleven years old. When I was still, when I was living in a different part of the Bronx by the Sixth Train, and I had a situation, and it was kind of scary. My cousin and I were getting chased by this guy, yeah, and I tripped. I guess the Bronx is scary. <laughs> <laughs> We were getting chased by this guy. (laughs) I never told my mom because I was afraid that if I would have told her, she would have never let me go outside. So again, so I never told her. So we were getting chased by this dude and we I fell and my cousin thought I was right behind her. And then but she ran right into the store and then the Arab store and she got them. And the guy was like about to like snatch me up. I guess I don't know what he was going to do. And they came out with bats. The Arab dudes, they were like, you know. My dudes, yeah. my habibis. So I, I love got that. big respect. That like,
1: makes me so happy. That
0: made me, yeah. Like They saved my life, That's basically. Dope. Damn, man, I have been through some shit. Maybe I should go to therapy. <laughs> no, no, You're not in someone. therapy yet. Not yet. I thought it was
1: a prerequisite for just existing in the world. Soon, these days. soon.
0: I know I'm just raw dog in life right now. <laughs> <laughs> no meds, no therapy. Like it's just
1: <laughs> yo, get on one or the other. I would say don't, don't do the meds. Nah, I don't want to. Do the that. therapy is definitely nice.
0: I do want to do it, and I, it's something that I want to do
1: soon. I and then you can have, have jokes about therapy, which is nice. Yeah. You can be like, today in therapy.
0: I love how therapy has become... I, I just love what's happening lately.
1: Everyone's just, People open. are so much
0: more open-minded yeah. and about mental health, about just anything. Now, race issues, sexual orientation. I just love it. I think we're it's just, about time.
1: We're all in this together. Yeah, and yeah. and it's, it's confusing and it's tough and everyone's going through their own shit. Mm-hmm. But then we're collectively going through collective shit like climate change and Facts. dumb fuck president, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. <sighs> And I think that it's just unleashed this kind of like, I just, I've noticed this trend of people just not giving a fuck. They're mm-hmm. just like, I go to therapy, I don't give a fuck. Like, what do you think about it, like, it's good for me. Absolutely. And, and I think everyone's kind of like realizing finally that we're in this together. I wanted to talk about your movie, the yes. movie that you're in. Mm-hmm. Remind me, of, I, oh, hold on, I'm going to say it. De lo mio. Perfect. Did I say it exactly right?
0: De lo mio. De lo
1: mio. Perfect. Tell, what does de lo mio mean?
0: Well, de lo mio is kind of like a Dominican term that's been floating around. And it just means, like, that's one of us. Or, like, that's one of mine. Like, de lo mio means one of mine. It's a literal translation. But it really means, like, one of us. So, that's just what the title is. What's what's
1: it about? Well,
0: the movie is about... I guess, yeah, I never really tied the movie with the name. But, of course, it has to do with that. uh, So, Sasha Mercy, my cousin that I keep mentioning... She and I play sisters in this movie, and there's a recent death in our family. It's her grandmother, right? And she lives in Dominican Republic, and we have a half-brother. So our father, who actually, it's not shown in the movie, but it's mentioned, our father died as well the year prior to this happening in the movie, right? So in New York, we were all living in New York, and then we go to DR. Our grandma passed away, and because our father has passed away as well, we are the ones who have to basically handle everything. And like, so we, there's a house that we have to go and sell. Now we have a half brother. Our father had a previous marriage before he met our mother. So we got to go deal with him because he's kind of salty about the fact that he has two American sisters and he never was, his father never brought him to America. His father left him in VR. Wow. Provided for him, for sure. He uh, And it's a great actor. This really well-known actor in Dominican Republic, Hector Aniban, He plays our brother. And... He when we get there, there's a little bit of tension and especially between the two characters, his character's name is Dante and Sasha's is Rita. So there's a lot of tension between them two. They don't really like each other too much. She feels some type of way at the fact that for our father's funeral, he didn't go. He hates Dad, basically. And I'm just kind of like the peacemaker in the movie. I'm trying to keep everyone together, but the tension is rising throughout the movie. We have a week to clean up and sell this house and they're gonna bulldoze a house and there's issues with that. So it is a drama. There's funny moments within it. And it's just a, it's about family tensions and family issues. You know, I feel when you watch this movie, I f- many people, and if you haven't, then you're lucky, but many people have experienced a death in their family, and it can either bring you closer together to the your existing family members or tear you further apart. So this movie, it starts off as if we're going to tear apart. And then I mean, whatever you see, the, you got to watch the movie. It's really good. And it's the dimensions in it are super dope because I identified with my character because, yes, I am like my mother is Dominican and I have my Dominican family members, most of which are here in New York or in, in Florida or whatever. And, you know. I feel like a Dominican woman when I'm here in America, but I know that I'm American. I was born and raised here. So when I do go to DR, I can tell the difference. Yes, I speak Spanish. And even though I do speak fluent Spanish, there's still things that I'm not privy to over in DR and just certain things about the culture that because I was born and raised here, I don't know too much about when I'm in DR. So you see the dynamic of how much more Dominican he is than us and we are kind of like, are we Dominican? Are we American? What's going on? We don't get it. So there's a lot of that in the movie and it's it's just a, it's a relationship movie. It's a family movie and, and you see what can happen if, you know, Your dad dies and your grandma
1: dies. (laughs) It honestly sounds like a really great screenplay. Yeah, it sounds really, really good.
0: It's very good. Diana Peralta, this was her first movie out of film school. And it's so good. I'm so super impressed The editing the production. And we did this movie in like less than a month. We filmed everything in DR in less than a month. And we worked our fucking asses off.
1: How much fun was it to be in DR?
0: Bruh, it was work, son <laughs> But we did have fun There was like one day a week that we didn't work And we would go to like the river or the beach There was Presidentes on deck Which is the national beer They're so good, especially over there They just taste different They're just so much colder they, It seems like they never freeze But they're just always so cold but it was a lot of fun to be there. It felt great to be in, in Dominican Republic. It was in a part of DR that I had never been to. So it was a lot. It was a very mountainous region. And what I really love about the movie is how beautiful it is. Because other than the actual plot and, and the dimensions and the layers to it, it's visually very appealing and it's something different. I think when people think of uh, an island in the Caribbean, they're expecting oceans and sunsets. This was taking place in the mountains of DR. So it's rivers, trees, and... There's scenes in it that there's no dialogue, and but you feel the energy of it. And it's it's just a different outlook on it. It's not it kind of how I mentioned Los Spookies and how it's not what you would expect when you go and see a Latin film. It's not a loud movie. It's not hype. There's a lot of tension. And in, at some points, it's a little heavy, but it's beautiful. And it's really real and really like something that you can relate to. I think anyone who watches a movie can relate to it.
1: I can't wait to see it.
0: Yes. And yeah, it premiered at the band film festival for my first movie. Not That's amazing. Movie. Yeah. And
1: now at Los Angeles International Film Festival. I know. think you're well on your way. I hope so. To being every, to being the new J-Lo.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love. Shout out to J-Lo in the BX. She's in the Bronx as the well. The original. The original. She paved the way, man. She paved the way.
1: How do you feel about wrapping this up?
0: We, I feel great. I think that we covered all the topics. We had a great conversation. It was fun. I had a lot of fun. Any last words? Any last words? Uh, no. I, I think, you know, stay tuned. There's a lot more. You know, I do my stand up here in the city and if you go on my Instagram dee.nasty you get to see a little bit of my, my skits, my comedy, the things that I do with Vice. I do a lot of things be on the street, ask people questions about whatever topical and trending topics or whatever is going on. So,
1: Thank you so so much that's for my coming. Thing. Thank
0: you Thanks, for having see. me. Yo, son, this is a PSA announcement. Like it's summertime and everything. People need to really start taking a shower. Like I was just walking right now and there was this girl. She was not pretty. And she was like two feet away from me and she stank. Like, she didn't even smell like underarms or like shit or like she smelled like human. Like skin. You know what I mean? Like that's all oh, I'm gonna with. You know what you smell like skin? And hair and fucking. Like, you been living in your shit for like three days without touching water. Ugh. And you outside. How you smell outside? The wind is blowing. Like, I'm at least two feet away from you, son.
1: Keep up with D by following her on Instagram at D.nasty and on Twitter at DsoNasty. If you like this show, the one you're listening to right now, please follow us on Instagram at youpeople.podcast and subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. If you like me, your host, follow Kareem, K A R E E M, on Instagram. And if you're interested in hearing more colorful stories, follow us at hyphen Media. This episode of You People is presented in partnership with Listening Party. Follow the rest of the crew on Instagram at Listening Party Presents and at Canal Street Market. We'll see you next time we next time. Yeah.